Today's podcast is brought to you by Sony XM3's industry-leading noise-canceling headphones. Less noise, more creating. Guys, these headphones are absolutely incredible. I've been using them for about three years now since the XM2s. And these headphones are seriously a game changer. No matter where you go, you are in 100% complete control of your environment. You can transform them with the click of a button. Noise canceling on. Ah, I love it when she says that. Anywho, these headphones have 30 hours of battery life. The party never stops. Find your creative flow with the Sony XM3s. Bless up for everybody, man. The world needs more love, simply. It's, there's no other, anything else is too much to think about. We just need more love, plain and simple. Today's guest calls the Pacific Northwest home and has traveled the world capturing some of the most iconic landscapes around. He joins us today all the way from Switzerland. I got my boy Ryan Field on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan, what is up, baby? Oh my goodness. It's going to be hard to hear me talk over all that applause you're going to insert right here. But yeah, man, slow clap, high fives, all this thing as I'm coming down for prices right. This is the best day, man. I'm so blessed to be here. Let's go, bro. That's the entrance. Uh, how you living, bro? How you doing today? This is, uh, there's no other way um, to put it other than I've never been better. And I don't mean that in a, in a pompous and unapproachable way. It's, uh, it's really more of a state of mind that I'm married to at this point. And we all control our own thoughts and feelings and our own path. And uh, this extends well beyond creativity and professionalism. This is just how you operate and how you exist. And right now, I choose to have never been better. It's not hard to get along in Switzerland. I have a great family. It's wonderful in the Pacific Northwest, but it, that's not enough. Those are external stimulations. And like this, this idea that I'm this happy, it's not false bravado. It's just something that I'm dedicated to living out day in and day out. And these are lessons that I've learned from my people and family and friends, uh, without their inspiration and guidance, it just, I don't know if this comes to fruition for me in a genuine sense. Maybe it does, but I certainly don't think it does. You know, why don't you start us off by, uh, giving the community a little bit of background on yourself, Ryan? So I, uh, realistically, um, I'm about the most average person that you're going to come across. Um, I have, you know, your same, like, I love the same things. I fear the same things. I don't fancy myself as being particularly unique in the scope of this planet. I think we all have a ton to offer. Um, but with that said, my current path that I'm pursuing over the last five years or so um, has led me to a point of pride in just the way that I treat others and the way that I choose to exist. And so like with this in mind, it's really um, encouraging for me to push down this path that I'm on right now, um, which and it always wasn't this way. Things weren't always uh, I didn't always see the light. I didn't always know which way I was walking. And just by happenstance, um, I kind of stumbled into this uh, creative spirit that I've been hoping to exude, um, not for anyone else, but for myself. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been five years professionally and a little longer than that, but it took me, you know, 25 to 30 years to come to terms with 
the person I wanted to be and the tough work it is going to take to get there. And I'm not there yet, but I feel confident in the steps that I'm taking um, to make this happen for me and to bring these dreams into a reality. We're just going to get into to the keys to living a good life uh, since we're kind of on the subject right now. So what has that process been like for you? So, I mean, to take it way back to the beginning, and we should probably start before that, too. Just kidding. That's my favorite <laughs> quote from the office. <laughs> but man, it's like I, I uh, you and I share a very similar history in the fact that we come from broken households and we may not have been given the appropriate amount of guidance uh, during the developmental stages of our life to equip us with the tools that we needed to be the best versions of ourselves at the earliest stage possible. But it doesn't matter if you're going through it right now. Truly, if you are and you're listening to this there is such a better way forward. And that means different things for every person. So I'm not going to tell you how to live and how to exist and how to be. But my path started from a place of uh, borderline desperation. I knew I was always meant to do something. And I envied others that had passions and hobbies. And I know that sounds sad, but growing up, I simply enjoyed certain things, but there was nothing that I couldn't live without. And I just I always remember being younger, idolizing people that knew what they wanted to do. I went to university. I bounced around from major to major. It took me six years to graduate. I barely did. And it's just one of these things where like, I really never knew who I was. I, I, I knew what I presented myself to be. And when I unmasked myself every day, it, it wasn't something that I wanted to be proud of. And it wasn't something that it was possible to be proud of. And so after uni, um, I was living in Oregon, I uh, worked for a wonderful bunch of people at a private golf course, um, had salary benefits, and there was really nothing wrong. But something wasn't right. And it was just one of these things, man, where like, I, I still desperately wanted to be somebody that knew what they wanted to be. I don't know if that makes any bit of sense, but I just saw people pushing down and working towards something that meant something to them. And so, you know, one day, um, I was kind of nearing the end of a relationship that I wasn't super interested in having it end. Kind of like everything heartbreak is the same for every single person out there on the planet. It's, 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 there's really not a word or a set of adjectives that I can expound that people wouldn't just understand with the fact that we all go through it. We all feel this. And I was going through that and it's, it's a bit sad, but you know, I had begun to recognize the things that she was interested in and the people that she was interested in and the things that she wanted to do. And one of those things was, um, to spend more time in nature and to make pictures and so I was like, yo, I can do this. Like, this is one surefire way I can salvage something that I desperately care about and that I thought that I needed at that time. I went out with a friend, uh, blessed to have always known super talented and really important people. Um, and by important, I mean important to me and important to their community and those that are around them. That's what is a big deal to me. And, uh, so one of my friends ended up taking me out to kind of get my head out of the gutter. And he happened to be a staff photographer with a well-known commercial brand uh, based out of the Northwest. Um, the, it doesn't matter who, 
But this person, if you're listening, uh, I hope you sit through the rest of this because without you, I'm not sure if this fire would have lit without your spark. And it, um, something happened to me the first morning I went out. Um, I happened to see probably the most nuclear sunrise I've ever seen in my entire life. To this day, I haven't seen better. It was meant to be. And I found myself just washed over with this sense of everything's going to be okay. And I hadn't felt that for a long time. I was with the wrong person. I was at the wrong job. And I was kind of like listless. I was that sailboat in the sea without the sails put up. It was just, I was there, but I really wasn't, man. And from this experience, with it started from a place that's you know, technically inappropriate. You should never do something like this or pursue something out of someone else's interest um, or their perceived interest. And, you know, this is real. I'd rather give you guys like a super cool story about, you know, how my grandfather gave me, you know, some analog camera and that's something we did together until the day he passed. And that's just not how it happened for me. I hope that's how it happens for you. But for me, it was a little more real. It was a little deeper than that. And it was a little darker than that. I was in a very bad place. Um, And day by day, I began to attach myself to this newfound, what began as a hobby and quickly became an obsession. And one day I took a step back and it was almost like I watched myself from a third person perspective. It was two, three in the morning. I had to work at seven the next day. And here I am looking at Lightroom tutorials on YouTube, how to edit moody cityscapes. I don't even shoot cities, okay? I was still just trying to learn anything possible about this. And it was the first time when I saw myself, I really saw myself. I was applying like my time and effort and energy when no one was looking. No one expected this. No one cared except for me. And it's the first time in my life I'd ever done this. And this is something that I idolized in these people that were pursuing something they were passionate about. And I didn't know it at this particular moment, but I really vividly remember having this thing where I shut down my computer, I crawled in bed and I was like, this is what you do, man. This is what it's going to take to be the best version of yourself. And, you know, like we always preface things like this is super rah-rah and this is this and that. (laughs) And really and truly, though, it was the first time in my adult life I had been proud of myself. Not the first time I'd been happy, but the first time that I knew that I was doing something that was honoring my own intelligence and the the way that I was brought up by my father. And uh, a absolutely blessed to have stumbled into this opportunity in this situation. It was born out of, like I said, a very dark place. So if you're hearing this, if you're going through it, there's a way for you. There's a way for, if there's a way for me, my goodness, there's a way for you. I promise you. And I just need you guys to understand that it's not always going to be like this, especially if you take the reins and make it happen. It's almost like transmutating that energy from that relationship at this crazy time where the, the energy is completely, you know, capsizing, you know, as far as the relationship goes, but then this other pathway opens up, which is photography. I mean, obviously you lost something, but even more importantly than the loss, I think is the gain of something that brought you so much joy and is still bringing you so much joy and love and opportunity to this day. And that's so freaking rad. There's always the ideal side of the story, right? You can always look at 
anything however you want to look at it but every story has an ideal side which i feel like is the scientific way that we should be thinking is by looking at the ideal side of things and not getting torn and destroyed mentally by looking at the you know the the offside uh can i ask you a question yeah how old are you 30 you're brilliant for 30, man. Like, because you just said something that I hadn't even really considered or, you know, the, the, like this, the flipping of the energy, you know, it's like the magnetic poles flip every couple thousand or 10,000 years or whatever it is. It's natural and it's normal, but where the greatest struggles come from is when you fight this type of thing. It's, uh, and for you to identify that and to realize I literally was being capsized. I was being washed over in depression, anxiety, um, no sense of self-worth, completely crumbled self-confidence because I had placed these things in the hand of another that wasn't capable to nurture. But to be fair, I hadn't really given her a particular reason to invest herself in me. I was boring. I was not the version of myself that I am today. I I wish her the best. She's a good person, but I'm so eternally thankful that things between us didn't work out and that this is what come like what came to fruition out of a situation that just simply wasn't admirable or enviable. Heartbreak hurts, man, for everybody. But for you to like recognize and identify that like I had grabbed on to this life raft after I had been capsized when it's so easy to sink. I mean, that's brilliant. And I think you're super I think you're super intuitive and uh it's a blessing to be here to talk to you today, man. Dude, we're just we're just getting started and I'm excited. I feel I wish I was sitting down with you in person because I feel like you and I could easily have a great night oh, yeah. and just, you know. <laughs> easy, easy. We're to hug like three times by now, man. <laughs> yeah, but this is cool. So um, let me ask you this. So what drives your passion? You know, now that you've been in the space for, you know, five years, what drives your passion for photography and travel? Sheesh. I think, uh, there's really, there's no answer I can give you, you know, in a 30 to one minute time span. Um, I think that would require a ton of introspection on my part that I maybe haven't worked through. It's more of a, more of an autopilot situation for me is that I had always been looking to be proud of myself. And this is the first time in my life that I actually am. I treat people with the utmost respect, I try to share love at any opportunity that's possible. And without my family and without my friends, um, I don't know how I would stoke this fire for myself day in and day out. But with the people I've chosen and that I've been blessed to bring into my orbit, it's um, it's impossible to not push on, man. It's like it's natural. It's what I was always meant to do. I wish I'd found this sooner, but I also am eternally thankful for the time that I did find this because I feel like I used these these negative feelings and tossed them straight into the fire. And it's just like locomotive at this point, man. It's like if I don't get in my own way, I'm not exactly sure who will at this point. And so these are these are tenets and um, ways of living. I kind of take a little bit and piece out of all these amazing people in my life, and I try to apply it to this like grand tapestry of existence. I know that sounds big, but really, it's just like that's all life is. It's a series of experiences and moments and knowledge gained and lost. And when you kind of, if you care enough to to recollect and to try to collect like 
fit all these things together. If they, you know, if you get it right, it's, it's just incredible. And like I said, this doesn't happen without my people at all, ever. It, it can't happen. And so what fuels my fire, it's everyone around me. Um, they just simply, I can't let them down and they won't let me fail. That's it. Relationships, man. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Uh, All day. So in, in the past, it sounded like you had experienced a lot of adversity that may have been self-inflicted. So I'm curious today, what do you think are some of the keys to living a good life for you in your words? Okay. I'm glad that you asked me for me because it's not necessarily appropriate for me to tell people what their appropriate path in life is. But for me, um, and I know that people have probably heard this concept, but it's real. And that's when you replace your expectations with a small bit of gratitude. Um, every day, if I take some time to be thankful for what I have, instead of to, to mull and to think about what I don't, um, when I do that appropriately and I stay that course, uh, for me, I find myself not even trying. It, it's, it's not, it's not a process. It's not a, any bit of effort. It's just like, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I turned up to Switzerland. Um, I'm here for the next three months and I just, uh, I was absolutely beat down. I had a brutal travel day, you know, delays. Um, I had some ladies screaming at me in Swiss German. I missed my train. I ended up almost in Italy. Like these things, they just happen. It doesn't matter how seasoned you are, but like I had been beat down that day and I was tired. I was jet lagged. And, uh, my first inclination was to just, just, I don't know, man, I wanted to lay down and just shut out the world. I opened my door, I dropped my bags and I started just cackling. I started laughing. <laughs> like I like literally like I was laughing out loud, like an absolute idiot. And it was funny because it was just like my expectation of like my process of getting here just in this little micro instance. And there's nothing wrong with a bad travel day. These things happen. But like I was incredibly impressed with like my body to take over, like my mind took over and I just started cackling. I was freaking out and I didn't even know why. And it was just happy, not not necessarily to be here, but just to like I had taken a step back from my expectation of how I expected, like I was meant to feel, or I don't even know what it really was, but it was just like absolute gratitude that I was here. I was happy. I'm healthy. And I just like, I, I laughed and then I laughed at myself because it was just like, if you had seen me, if, if there had been like some sort of webcam on or something like this, <laughs> this stuff goes viral. It's just like idiot dude laughing at the wall or something like that. Like this is, this is a YouTube hit for sure. And so it's cool though. Cause I, I really don't have the silver bullet. I don't have the answer for everybody. Um, but for me, in order to live my best life, it's to surround myself with the right people to make conscious decisions in terms of consumption. Um, and to really incrementally replace these expectations that have been burned into me um, growing up as an American. And just as a, I don't actually, I don't even think nationality has anything to do with it. Just as like a, a young man in the society that I was raised in, I was taught to expect more from myself at this stage of my life. And once I dropped that pretense and realized that I'm on a different timeline than someone else, I began to really appreciate myself and I still have incredible, uh, huge deficiencies um, that I need to work through, that I need to improve on. 
because I, you know, I certainly hope I haven't peaked yet. And like with this attitude in mind that I can always be better, I can do this better, I can always improve the next time. That's what makes me happy. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's really simple for me. Um, I wish I could tell you, the listener, what it, what it's going to take for you. But you just have to understand that like I was an unhappy person. And I figured out a way to change this and it's going to be different for you. But if it's in me, it's in you. I know this for a fact. It's so interesting because a lot of people I feel like can, can think that there's a formula to, to happiness. And a lot of times people will say it's balance or it's this or that, but you know, and I used to be one of those people back in the day. I think it's easy to, to start leading a better life and a fulfillment and joy and then start thinking you can turn around and just dish it out and, and serve everyone up a nice plate of, <laughs> but, but it's, but it's, but at the end of the day, it's like, everyone's so different. Like what you're into, your intensity levels, like everything, like not everyone can look, can train and keep up with the schedule. Like LeBron James, he's wired to operate at that, you know, capacity all the time or whatever it may be. And we're all different. You know, I noticed that my routines and rituals change depending on my life, depending on if I'm really busy, if I have more free time, what season it is. Is it summer? Is it winter? Because I don't like getting up that early in the winters because it's at 5 a.m. No. It's dark for three hours, four hours. Where <laughs> in the summertime at 5 a.m. at 5.15, the sun's out and I'm stoked. I'm running around the neighborhood like a little five-year-old kid. <laughs> yep. that That's called circadian rhythm, man. And that's like you're meant to wake and sleep. You're meant to rise and fall with the sun. That's just the way that we are. That's the way that our atoms are. And you may disagree with me and I appreciate if you do. But Wait, I don't. Hold uh, on. Let me ask you this. Is circadian, is that tied into with biorhythm? Yeah, I mean, everything is is tied together. And honestly, somebody that knows more about this than me that's listening, they're, they're facepalm big time. But this is like, <laughs> this is something about like your natural body clock, how you're meant to operate in nature. You don't see animals sleeping in till 12 in the afternoon. It's, it's fight or flight, man. And they rise and fall with the sun. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, species that operate in the middle of the evening, but you get what I'm saying. They're on a different circadian rhythm, just like you're different than I'm different. But like for you to be like ready to go 5 a.m. in the summer, but needing to sleep till 8:30 in the winter, I empathize. That's, you know, like that's me too, man. That's, and I find myself kind of rising and falling with, you know, the stars a little bit. And so I, I, I never gave much value to any of this sort of stuff. I mean, it's, <laughs> if you don't believe in it, like y'all are laughing or you've turned this thing off by now, I respect you too. Cause I, I get it, but it's like, for me, it's just like, it's trying to understand things that are bigger than myself. And like, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I believe in some sort of divine and brilliant creation. I don't think that we as people, um, are meant to necessarily understand and attach this immense and just historic value to one man or woman. If you believe in that, I applaud you and you're not wrong. It's just, I feel differently. So like, I, there's nothing wrong with religion, but for me being more spiritual is, uh, is, is my, it's, it's what's helped me along my path to happiness. And uh, I'm super thankful to to be interested in things like this. Let me ask you this. Who who inspires you? Who inspires Ryan Field in 2020? Okay, well, I'm going to give you... I'm gonna, there's two people right now off the top of my head. Creatively, um, and just as a man and as a friend and brother, it's got to be Garrett King. 
um, goes by short stash on social media handles. Um, this man is probably my best friend and biggest inspiration in my life. Um, I look up to him, uh, from the creative side. I mean, as everybody does true legend in that, but this, uh, we've gone through it together over the last few years. He's helped me through some really troubling and, um, concerning situations. And he's also been there to celebrate my best successes. And I've seen him, I know him, uh, way beyond the scope of social media and internet friends. Like this is, we have different parents, but that is absolutely my brother right there. Um, love you G. Uh, and so creatively and just as a, as a human, uh, it's gotta be Garrett King, uh, spiritually, it's going to be Austin. And, and just yeah. so you guys know, I can, I can attest to everything he said. Garrett is fantastic. Uh, he's been on the show as well, I think twice, uh, but check out, uh, if you guys just Google art of visuals, short stash podcast, his episode will pop up as well. It's an incredible listen. And honestly, my favorite listen is the man I'm about to list right now. And his name's Austin Leonard goes by the burr print, which is one of the most clever Instagram (laughs) handles I've ever seen. This dude is my spirit animal. He is my biggest inspiration spiritually. If you do not follow him, you might as well delete your account and get a burner phone. You don't need social media. If you don't follow the burr print, this man will take his shirt off and dance in front of his camera with an ugly face filter on just to make you smile today. (laughs) He is an absolute legend of epic proportions. And truth be told, I always look up to Austin before I knew him. He's a, he's a local hero in Oregon. Um, he's one of those dudes. We all got friends like this, men, women, whatever, but he's one of those dudes that's just good at everything. And he came from a, uh, a very rough backdrop and Prince, can you, can you drop the, the podcast on him right here real quick? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to check out the bird Prince podcast as well. And we should, I should maybe even cut in a little section of his episode right here. Just like a quick, yeah, little, please do quick, and like, cut, quick promo. Cut, no, hard, so that, Cause you guys hard, should hard pause. He's got a strong story, a very beautiful story. Uh, and he's just such a heartwarming individual, man. He's, I agree with you. You got to check it yeah, out. Yeah, No, he's, he's like the physical embodiment of a golden retriever, man. Like this dude, <laughs> he's just that guy. And Austin, I love you, man. I don't he's really pure. know. It's like pure know. energy. And it's, it's, it's so authentic. And it's like, honestly, I relate it to almost like seeing a kid and genuinely just being like, just feeling love towards that person. Like, that's how I feel about Austin. Every time I see him, he just lights, lights me up inside. Like you, if you haven't actually spent time with him in person, I recommend that you, you carve out a little bit of your schedule this year because he will fill your cup, man. And what you see and what he presents himself to be is no presentation. This man is pure, just soul. And he comes from a deep and dark place. Um, now he's had a lot of wonderful influences in his life, but if you go back and you listen to his story, it'll break your heart because a person with this much love and energy to share, he shouldn't have come from this place. It just shouldn't have happened. And to see him persevere without any pre like without any like context, uh, other than just knowing that he's meant to be this dude. Um, and like I was saying, he's one of those people that's super good at everything. Uh, I used to look up to him a lot before I was into photography. He was, a uh, 
he's pro snowboarder at one point. Um, he is one of the best skaters. Like if y'all are into board sports that he has just the, the best style, like he, this he dude is, he's, Oh my God. And he puts in the work, but he just has so much style. This dude drips, whether it's with his weird clothes he's wearing or whether he's like triple kick flip down to 20, like whatever, like this dude just drips positivity and style. And like, you know, he got it. Did you catch his fishing? Is, well, is, yeah, is that's the thing. Is like every, that's the thing. Like this man guides people professionally. He started a business down in Nevada. He makes the brutal drive back and forth just to make sure that he can get someone on a fish or at least share his knowledge and wisdom of the water. And I know it goes way beyond that for his clients, but mm-hmm. he's just one of these guys. And now he's transitioned into full blown creative. And I don't mean to take up too much time gassing up a homie like that, but if anybody is worth a couple minutes of your day it's Austin Leonard, the burr print. And you need to go back and listen to his podcast because he will put all of you into complete introspective despair. You will wonder how you ever felt bad about yourself after 20 minutes with him. It's just the beauty of people like him. He's infectious in the best way. And so those, those are my two biggest inspirations, Garrett King, um, for a multitude of reasons and Austin Leonard. I mean, he's, He's just as talented as anyone I know, but it's way bigger than that. He's going to leave a lasting mark on this planet and it will have nothing to do with digital assets. Shout out to the homie Austin. Uh, Earlier you were talking about how you're an introvert. Let's talk about how you uh, dealt with that and how you overcame your introversion. So I like first and foremost, I still identify as that to this day. But I'm now sliding more down the scale towards um, an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. I'm not exactly sure what the applicable title is, but I value my own personal space and time tremendously. I don't need social stimulation to feel whole. A lot of that stems from being an only child and raised um, in a broken household. Um, my dad is an absolute legend and, you know, he did a hard thing where he fought for sole custody of me as a very young child because he knew in his heart that him and my mother were on different paths and she didn't have as much to offer me as I deserved at that particular point in time in my life. And so I think, um, seeing my dad work so hard, he started out as a training horses And then he moved into, um, he started a engineering firm, structural engineering. And so he worked seven days a week, my entire life. If I wanted to kick it with pops, I went to the office. I went to the shop. Um, I grew up working for him and I think, you know, these experiences where I, I had to work a lot of these things out on my own and I didn't even figure out most of the stuff until I was much older. I didn't know I was going through it. I didn't know that this was not normal. And so being an introvert, I think it's a product of the way that, um, I was raised during a very important period of development in my life that comes at different ages for a lot of people. But for me, you know, I think it was the first 20 years of my life, Uh, before I went to university. So first 18 years of my life, I primarily outside of school spent a lot of time by myself and I came to believe that that's normal and that's what I needed. But once I started to get into this endeavor, um, right now and explore my creativity, I began to understand that, you know, I still value my own personal time and privacy or privacy tremendously, but I began to understand how important people were. Um, and it's not that I ever 
discounted their value. But it was more of like in my heart, I began to understand that like people are everything. Relationships are everything. We need to love and be loved as humans. And um, I was well taken care of growing up. But I think my aversion to social stimulation probably stemmed from a lot of my upbringing and having to pace through some of these troubles on my own. Um, I've never really thought about this. So that's kind of just off the top right there. But I think that that's probably pretty close to what the actuality and reality of this situation is. I appreciate you for sharing that with us. I think it's something that's really interesting to talk about just because I feel like so many creatives that I come across experience this, you know, being introverted Uh, And I don't even know if it's necessarily that we're all introverted or if, you know, creatives, we tend to lean more towards introversion just because we're so sensitive. And I don't think the world really knows how to what to do. Like the average person doesn't know how to engage someone that has these crazy ideas and wants to do these things. And they kind of shit on you sometimes. Right. And and so they and so they crush you. And so I think a lot of us, we shell up. We're like turtles. We're like, okay, we don't want to share ideas or talk to people about the things we want to do because the world doesn't necessarily respect it. And it pushes us off into a more introverted type mentality than, you know, being extroverted about our things and what we do. And so, and like you, I identify kind of in the middle of, of that spectrum. Yeah, man. It's like what hurts worse than rejection as a sensitive human being. Um, so, you know, like I said before, like a lot of what this comes from, at least in my estimation and my experiences, it was my ego protecting my heart. Um, it was this false sense of, uh, security and self-importance that I'd insulated myself with. And the only way I could control that was by keeping others out. And so this is, you know, this is deep seated. This is long. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever, I I don't know if it's something that needs to be fixed, but I don't know if I'll ever fix this. I think it's just, uh, recognizing your own deficiencies and appreciating others, um, successes and their more admirable qualities. I think, like I said, when you stitch together this tapestry, it it doesn't have to be all of your own doing. You can, you can glean things from people that you look up to that you admire, that you know, that are on a proper path in regards to what you believe is important. And, you know, without people, without my friends, without my family, I'm simply nothing. I know this. And like I said, with my old relationship, I had placed too much of my self value in another person's hands. But at this stage in my life, I understand exactly what to contribute and how much to give to others. And some people feel a greater sense of urgency to share more of themselves with others. But for me, you know, kind of finding that balance, that happy medium, um, this is what's working for me right now. And I've never been happier. And I don't want that to come off as like, conceited or pompous in any way. Um, I just want you to know, you know, I came from a place of like, I was in it and I just, I never knew how bad it was. And it's just, like I said, man, you know, even though I'm an introvert, I recognize the value and the importance of everybody around me and what they've contributed. And it's just, it's a blessing to see these things, but I think it comes with age and maturation and it's just a, you know, I'm thankful I didn't have to figure this out on my deathbed. I can now operate in a, in a really appropriate fashion moving forward to where I can honor my own sense of intelligence and identity. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with being introverted or extroverted. Like technically you could look at them both as weaknesses and strengths. So, uh, ideally I think it's best to probably embody a little bit of both. 
I wanted to chat with you a little bit about photography, specifically like how you approach photographing like a landscape scene. Do you have a, a process when you pull up? Absolutely, baby. We just show up and hope for the best. Um, no, not even at all. So I'm completely tuned into um, local weather, uh, seasonal conditions, wildlife, um, geography. Um, all these things kind of like coalesce into this vision that I have for a place that I'd like to experience and ultimately photograph. Um, now, one of the greatest things landscape photography um has taught me is the value and the power of patience and dedication to seeing this vision through because it is so easy to see all these wonderful images and these highlights on Instagram or whatever social media platform that you feel has the most value to you. It's so, it's so easy to think that everybody else just turns up and you know, why can't you see the same thing? And it's not about that at all. Um, that's like removing the expectation from the equation. And so when I just, decided that I was going to be relentless with it. I, I probably, I've, I would say over the course of the last five years, I would say 60% of the time I haven't ended up pulling my camera out of my bag when I've gone out to shoot. And that initially would have crushed me before I understood the process, my own process. It's different for all, but before I understood what it actually took, um, and that's like, you brought up LeBron James, like this man has been shooting free throws since he was eight years old, incessantly, repetitively, like obsessively. And that's where I found myself in front of Lightroom at 3am. You know, I'm not dunking a basketball, but I sure as hell was learning how to like split tone and things like this. And so it was, uh, you know, for me, it's just the power of patience and, there's something so valuable to when you're, when you see your vision through, um, when there's a little bit of a challenge ahead of you and you see things actually come to fruition for you. It's just, it's for me, it's the coolest thing because I like, you know, I keep touching on this sense of self pride and it's, it's not, um, it's not a conceited amount. You know, it's, it's not anything like that, but it's just like when you've desperately been looking to honor your own abilities and intelligence and you didn't know what those were, when you finally find it, it's really hard to get discouraged. I mean, day to day, sure, we're not all perfect. And I still find myself getting dejected over things that really don't matter at certain points in my life. And so, I mean, the way I approach landscape photography is with the utmost value on my health and happiness. They're like, how blessed am I that I get to walk out here and do this? Who cares if it pops off or not? I mean, yeah, we'd all love to see that, but it's way bigger than this. It's way bigger than me. It's way bigger than you. And it's just, uh, the natural world, it just exists and it is, and you don't, you know, there's no coaching it. There's no molding it and shaping it into your own vision. It just simply exists. And if you want to be a part of it, that's, uh, I think that that's for me, the, that's more of like the soulful way that I approach landscape photography. Now it's different for lifestyle commercial shoots and things of that nature. We have to be hyper prepared. We can't waste people's time. We can't jeopardize our clients uh, trust and the integrity of our own personal brands that we're attempting to build. And so, but when we're talking about approaching landscapes and just photography in general, um, for me, it's just uh, the more I appreciate the simple opportunity in front of me to exist at this time and space in life and to actually have these semi-conscious and coherent thoughts. It's just, man, how lucky am I, you know? Yep. 
Dude, I love it. What advice would you give to uh, a young Ryan Field? Five years ago, some kid walks up to you and is like, hey, man, I want to get into photography. Could you give me a little advice? What would you say to him? At the time, I didn't understand the value of patience. Um, and so I think truly I would I would recommend to somebody myself or somebody that's in an identical situation and pair of shoes as myself. Um, I would just simply say that um, – you really have to trust the process. It's not going to be easy and this isn't going to be quick, but nothing that was ever worth building happened overnight. Um, and for me to recommend a path for my future self, it would just have to be trust and patience in the process. Simple. How many, uh, how many places have you been to? Uh, in the last couple of years, over 20. What's been the most exciting place for you? Uh, the most exciting place for me, um, right now I'm actually sitting in it, Switzerland. Um, this is a place that I had always wanted to come and I kind of stumbled into this situation and we can bang on about how I ended up here and, um, why I'm here and all this, if you'd like, but really like I, uh, I had said this before, but like I, the first time I turned up here, I had this, this feeling, you know, where I laughed like an idiot when I turned up in my room. I felt this, this odd energy and I felt this sense of home, even though I was 6,000 miles away from my actual house, I knew that this was a place for me. And like this, this got like my neurons firing this, it just was childlike enthusiasm for a situation that had yet to really like metastasize in front of me. But I knew there was something here for me. Um, that's like, that's a little more spiritual in terms of my experience. Um, in terms of like, actual visual and experiential like what the f like right. that was probably indonesia for me um i don't know if i've ever seen a more diverse and radical set of landscapes uh that indonesia has to offer it's way bigger than bali we definitely turned up there for a couple days but like that was honestly my least favorite part of the trip. And it was the thing I was looking forward to the most. And I, um, my favorite thing about Indonesia was the people, like a majority of them have what we would consider to be nothing. And they couldn't have been more proud to be Indonesian. They couldn't have been more proud to be a part of their community. And the thing I remember the most is like, it's the places, but like, whoa, man, these smiles and just this genuine enthused nature. It's like, it rubbed off on me and it was super, super imperative for me to be there at that particular time in my career and in my life. And I just like the landscapes coupled with this incredibly vibrant and dynamic culture that was so different from everything I'd ever seen and been exposed to. This was like, this was a seminal moment for me, for sure. Without question, it's one of those places. I hope everybody can have the similar opportunities that I've been afforded in my life, especially in my professional career. I think if we all had a level playing field that we would all have um, a much greater appreciation for life. Unfortunately, it's not the same for everybody. And those people that I came across in Indonesia, that concept just simply doesn't exist for them. They exist to be happy and to share and to just Man, I could go on for an hour about these people in this place. It sounds like a very beautiful and humbling uh, experience for you. 
so when you were in Switzerland, how did you get out there? Uh, was that through a relationship that you had built? Yeah. So am I allowed to, to name names on this one or yeah, yeah, that's are fine. we, well, I'm, okay, here's, so... here's the deal. I'm big on relationships and I'm big on compounding relationships and only working with people, whether it's friendship or business, I only deal in compounding relationships, meaning you're a high integrity person, you're an intelligent person, you're grounded. And I could see us just for a long time working together, being friends together. Other than that, if this is just transactional, it doesn't make any sense, right? And so I love hearing stories about how relationships bring opportunity to people. And so I'd love to hear your story. Yeah, man. And like, just to touch on that, like, you're definitely my brother. Like, we probably have a different <laughs> mom, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we got different parents, but like, you're my brother for sure. And so how I ended up in Switzerland was one of the first uh, commercial clients to ever take a chance on me was um, a heritage brand out of the Northwest uh, called Danner Boots. And they make really quality footwear. Um, yeah, big time. Like the really and truly, if you haven't ever put on a great pair of boots, you know, you've been out in the woods, you've been out wherever you want to go to feel sure footed in the unpredictable arena of nature is infinitely valuable for people that like to get close to the edge. And in my Instagram career, as it was jumping off, like I used to do some dumb shit. Like we just, you know, like what any and all let's go. And I'm not like that anymore. I could care less. Like I'm good. I'll let y'all hang your feet off that thing. No more. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. So this company, they, um, they had initially, I'd been working with them for a couple of years at this point. And honestly, my skills and portfolio didn't necessarily warrant this opportunity for me, but I feel as though they saw something in me that I didn't recognize in myself immediately. So they helped nurture this process for me and they instilled a lot of confidence and value in my brand, uh, just on a very personal level. And so they, um, I had done a couple press trips for them where we test new boots and we shoot them and, you know, we give a, a honest review and we pair it with what we hope is high end visuals. And, uh, they asked me to cover a press trip in Switzerland. I was actually in Iceland at the time and they needed me to, to head back out in four days to Switzerland. And so I flew home, did my laundry uh, I think I literally slept for 40 straight hours, got up, took the shuttle back to the airport and jumped across the Atlantic again. And that's where this sense of belonging took over me. It really and truly, this isn't, I'm not being stupid right now. Like this is, this is the sense of home for me and it's going to be different for everybody. And sometimes that sense of home is a person. And that's wonderful. If you find that it can be anything you can find it in a book. I do not care. I just encourage you to open your heart and to be receptive to these types of things because I didn't see this coming. It was another job. And when I came here, uh, the managing partner, co-owner of the hotel, uh, greeted me at the door and just screamed at me, welcome home. And I screamed back, it's so good to be home, sir. And then I was like, why did I fucking say that? I've never been here. Like I absolutely turned 12 shades of red. I was just like, man, like this is one and done for sure. Like, but this was, this was my dude. I, he was like the most high energy Austrian dude I've ever seen. And he just has like this infectious enthusiasm, much like Burprint does, much like you do. Good people know good people. And it's like, it's impossible to deflect. 
And so we came to the end of this trip and, you know, I was pretty dejected because this had been a whirlwind and I didn't feel like I had actually taken the time to experience where I was. I do this frequently and more, more often earlier in my career, but I would turn up, worry about my shot list, go home. And I wasn't, you know, I've said it, I I wasn't filling my cup in the appropriate manner. I was having these types of experiences that seemed very surface level. And this was kind of one of the first times where I scratched that surface and saw what was underneath. And I was leaving, I was checking out and he just gave me a huge hug and he said, you know, we're opening a new hotel in December. We'd love to have you back. We need photo and video for the website. Would you be interested in coming back out and seeing us again? And I mean, it's, I, I cut him off, you know, yes, of course. Duh. Like let's ride. Like, I, <laughs> like it, it was time. I knew it. And I couldn't wait to come back. We stayed in touch. He checked in on me. It just was a, it was a little deeper than client, um, you know, typical relationship. So I came back out for what was an eight day trip. Um, and towards the end of the eight days, he asked me if I had a free day to take the rail across Switzerland to the hotel that he was at, which is the Husqvarnadu, which is in the most amazing little corner of the planet. It's in the heart of the Bernese Alps. Um, truly stunning place. And, but I was on the opposite side of the country and I really only had a short bit of time to go over and say hello and get my hugs in real quick. Um, so I ended up over there. He asked me how flexible my schedule was. Um, I said that I could probably figure something out and he, he canceled my ticket. He canceled my ticket home and he bought me a new ticket for a week later. At the end of that week, we had something coming up. There was a winter festival, and he said it'd be wonderful if we could have you shoot this thing. And I said, yeah, that would be tight, but I've now been here for 19 days. It's probably time to go. And he said, well, what's holding you back? And at the time, uh, it was a girl to some degree. Um, I knew that I had obligations and a responsibility to make sure that she felt just as important as my career was to me at that point. Well, I caved. And we canceled my ticket. And then I was meant to fly home two weeks later. At the end of those two weeks, I think you can probably understand where the story's going. Eight days turned into 12 weeks. And yeah, she broke up with me. Um, bless her heart. She is an absolute legend. And I just didn't, I didn't have what she needed at the time. But I knew this was way different than my previous failure in this arena. I appreciated her. I respected her. And I loved her. And it was really important for me to release her unconditionally into the world to find her own happiness, because that's exactly what she did for me. She didn't want to impede my progress and my path, but she knew that she wasn't meant to walk the same steps as I was. And so I gave up a lot to be here when at the time I didn't really realize it. But what I was giving up, I was gaining back in an exponential form. And so you know, after those three months of being here, I went home for three months. I came back for another three months. I went home for three months and here I am for another three months. I've spent nine out of the last 15 months in Switzerland. And I do not, I do not understand how this type of thing happens to a normal ass dude like myself. What? I live in a hotel in Switzerland. And I don't mean that as like a look at me kind of thing. It's like, this just doesn't happen to people like me, man. Like it doesn't, but it did. And it will happen for you if you let it and you pursue things that are uncomfortable. It just seems to work out. Just let it go and just ride it. I, mean, I don't know. 
Dude, I don't know. I I love <laughs> I love that story. You dude. But I mean that's that's what that's what that's what happens in life, right? When you really start when you take control of your choices, your actions, and you start putting yourself in the you know, in the game, dude, opportunity, weird like you just start being your best self and things just start to happen. You don't know why these people come out of the woodworks. You don't know why your phone's ringing. You don't know why you just got this email. You don't know why anything happens, but it just does. So you had said something to me earlier about uh, whatever fulfills you, keep doing that. Just keep going to the well and feeding that thing that fulfills you. Absolutely. That's that's all there is. I got to rework that quote for you and put that i gotta put that in my office somewhere my man i'll come sign that little love laugh sign whatever yes. you put up on it I'll, I'll, I'll come sign that thing daddy let's love, do this <laughs> <laughs> yep yep all day all let's day are, we're, are we supposed to be having this much fun on this thing or what is oh, it is always. this is this street legal always. are we supposed to be doing this always bro. damn that's that's man, just, that's when you know life's good let's we didn't even talk about social media at all i'm i'm curious I know you're not crazy active on social media. We always got to bring it up, right? Because it's it's still a hot topic. Everyone's interested, depending on how long you've been involved in it or when you got involved. You're either more or less curious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, man! I'm trying to hold is, it together is, over here. What do you think? Is there a, is there a formula to like a successful Instagram post for Instagram? Yeah. For Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, for the platform. Yeah, never heard of her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I've taken a step back from Instagram over the last year or two um, because I felt that it was impeding my progress as a creative. I was I was hunting shots and I was trying to replicate others' work, but there, one hundred percent, is a verifiable um, set of standards and criteria that will help a singular post or a particular page become more successful. Um, just an example, attention to detail and color science. You can absolutely troll people with what with what they need to see. They don't know it. But like well, I'm gonna touch back on Garrett again. His his infinite understanding of color science is so imperative to his success. His dedication to building a unique brand is unique. It's it's just Let's let's circle back to the actual post itself. I believe that there's some sort of visual recognition pattern in Instagram's algorithm. When I used to post photos of dogs or of campfires, they would immediately, and I mean immediately, go ham. There's There was nothing I could do. Hashtags, no hashtags. I could re-edit my caption, which supposedly removes you from the Explore page, all these weird things. Who knows what's really true? But there was a certain set of things, and I believe it extends to um, to color. Like, for instance, banging sunrise and sunset shots tend to be exposed to more people. And so I think that there's some binary recognition code that seems to favor um, what people like to see. Like, Yo, if I was to post a cat video on my page, I'd lose 10,000 followers, but that thing would go buck. I have no doubt about it because there isn't a human alive that doesn't watch cat videos incessantly on YouTube and Instagram. Like <laughs> I do it. I send it to all my homies. We're stupid for that stuff. We don't even have cats. Come on, man. It's like, I just, I, I just think like 
but on like a, a more respectful and broader scale, I think consistency is the key. People love to see consistently wonderful work. And when I built my account to the place that it is now, I was posting at a minimum one times per day, oftentimes two. I was um, I was oversaturating my page and my brand. It was less about quality and more about quantity. And I decided to flip that around, just like your wonderful analogy about turning the positive into the negative when I was being capsized. And I felt that on Instagram, that I wasn't sharing my best work. Um, I was sharing something that I thought people wanted to see. I would reshare things that had done well in the past and they would continue to do well in the future. And so I think consistency and consistent quality for those that are kind of in that phase right now where you would like to build your brand. And if numbers are important to you, that's fine. And I think that the metrics bear out consistently posting quality work that appeals to your base of followers is how you're going to build this thing up. Appreciate you sharing that. I know you're happy with where you are. I'm curious if if you're just living day by day and you're good, or if there's any big goals or something you want to accomplish uh, in the near future or something you're kind of headed towards. Yeah. Um, so one way that I feel like I can leverage um, the talents around me and the hopes and aspirations of people that are in my position now and that are going to work towards uh, being where I am and being better than me, which is wholly achievable. I have no doubt you'll get there. But um, I'm going to start a community-based agency um, that it's it's not going to break the mold or anything like this. But what it is, is I have such a high concentration of high-value individuals that we have so much to offer. We're all so individually unique. And it's um, I feel like we have, we have a lot to get done uh, as a team. And so we're saving up, man. We're going to start a business that's outside of, you know, an LLC, sole proprietor type. Sh- like, I want to create um, an agency in the mold of something like Stay and Wander that has a fierce dedication to quality and hiring quality individuals. Um, there's there's room for all of us in this thing. Um, you know, the talent gets your foot in the door, but heart and reliability keeps you inside. And, uh, I really, you know, that's what I gravitate towards, not because of the intrinsic talent and I don't want to leverage other people's experiences, um, in order for my own personal gain, but like, I want us all to party together. I want us to do this thing. And I know that we can, we're smart enough, we're driven and we have so much to learn. And if, uh, if any of you are listening, and you feel like I missed something or you feel like I don't get it, I want y'all to reach out to me. Um, my, you know, if you're listening, you'll probably find my Instagram page if you want to look. My email, um, direct message, whatever. But if you feel like you can add value to me and my personal path, or if you feel like we can dig deeper and I can add a bit of value to your life, please reach out. Like I, like I said, I'm the most normal-ass dude in this room like, I just appreciate being here and to talk to you and to be able to talk to you, the listener. I mean, y'all are to just thank you for your time and effort and attention. It's just what a crazy season of life we're in right now. You know, man, it's like just uh, I have trouble putting it into words. 
I really do. Um, I really do. But my big plan for the future is that we're all going to party together and we're all going to see this thing through and we're not going to change the world. We're not curing cancer. But what we can do is help others be the best version of themselves. And by proxy, by providing opportunity for those that may not have had it, such as when Dan or Boots did that for me, I don't know where I'd be without them. Um, And so I want to be that for someone else. I love that. So there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Together, you will go far. I love what you're doing with all this talk about community and where you're headed. Uh, It's been an awesome chatting with you to wrap this up. Why don't you end this off with sharing some words of inspiration for the AOV community? So the biggest thing that I can impart to you is that it doesn't matter where you're at in this particular process. If you're listening to us bang on today and talk about cats and photos and homies and stuff like what I really need to impart to you is that there's there's a place for you. We got space for you. And I didn't even know it, but there was always room for me. I just didn't know how to carve it out for myself. It's going to take hard work. It's not easy for anyone. Anyone that you look up to, no matter the medium, the field, whatever, um, people just aren't lucky enough to just do this from day one. It took a lot of failure on my part. I can't tell you how many pitches have gone unreturned. Um, But just do your best to not be discouraged if things aren't exactly where you think they're meant to be at this point. And when you do succeed, make sure you take appropriate time to celebrate yourself for all that you've been through and everything that's yet to be for you, because it'll happen. I swear to God, whoever your God is, I swear it will happen for you because it shouldn't have happened for me. And I'm absolutely living the dream in the least pompous way possible. And my dream is to be someone that my family and friends can be proud of. And I'm living that dream right now. Ryan Field, ladies and gentlemen, that's Ryan underscore field underscore on Instagram. Go check out my boy. Give him a follow. Say hello uh, like he said, he's more than happy to answer any questions. Hit him up if this if this podcast resonated with you and made you feel some type of way. Make sure to send him a DM. Let him know. Holler at me, at Wonderboy Prince. If you guys got a question or you guys want to see someone else epic on the podcast, you guys, you guys got people you look up to. If you want to see him on the show, just let your boy know. We'll get him on. We'll chop it up. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe and to share this episode and stay tuned for another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Love you guys. Hey fam, make sure to check out AOV to the point on the at Art of Visuals Instagram. We have an amazing content series where we teach you guys all types of quick tips for the creative space. Uh, We teach you how to produce a shoot. We teach you about conceptual photography, film and street photography, how to choose your next camera, hybrid shooting, the five keys to success with Paul Ripke, uh, working with agencies, finding your creative perspective, developing your creative style at Short Stash, uh, and even learning how to get paid with tourism with Sam Brockway. So be sure to head over to our Instagram, our IGTV, and check out the AOV to the Point series.